Hello, I'm Gareth. This is Somewhere on Earth again, would you believe it? And it's Tuesday, the 12th of December, 2023. We are right here in our studio in London and our main guest, as you're about to hear, is from Kenya today. And that's because we're talking to Wairimu Gitahi, joining us for the first time as one of our presenters, friends, studio experts, and whatever we feel like uh, calling them on a, on the given week. And uh, Wairimu, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here on Somewhere on Earth. And listeners are going to get to know you over the coming months and years and decades and maybe even centuries. So the voice of optimism coming from me <laughs> today. And um, what do we need to know about you, Wairimu? So first of all, I'm I'm so excited to be part of this show. Um, I'm a multimedia journalist based in Kenya. I'm currently working for um, an organization called BFA Global. I'm their impact and insights uh, manager. So what the company does is that it creates um, an inclusive and resilient future for underserved people. So one of the ways it does this is by supporting and investing in tech startups in emerging markets. Also, I'd like to say that I have a very strong interest in um in, in, in the role that technology plays in addressing climate change and also in the way digital platforms are connecting people to work opportunities and um, so that they can enhance uh, their livelihoods. In terms of technology, I am very fortunate to have um, covered stories around the world, particularly in Africa, uh, through uh, podcasting, so producing and, uh, and presenting podcasts. Um, and also, I mean, in terms of covering issues, one of the main issues that I've been covering is on technology. And also, um, as you know, um, I've worked quite um, a lot with the BBC World Service uh, for programs like Science in Action and Digital Planet. We've worked together before, Wairimu, and you always bring so much, because you know, I'm, I'm a Welshman, and in, in Welsh, we have this, uh, this word called huil. And I don't think there's a direct translation into English other than just joyful, optimistic, sunny, or just kind of adjectives anybody would want to have associated with them. So you have a lot of huil. And um, Wairimu, just before we jump into the rest of the programme, yes. what is this about you, right? You being a lover of extension cables. <laughs> I think they sort out so many problems. Anywhere I am, I can fix an extension cable and sit anywhere I want to, no matter how far <laughs> from uh, from the main uh, connection. So I love extension cables. So I carry them with me all the time. In my bag, there's an extension cable, one or two, for the other person who needs it. Who doesn't love an extension cable? Take them travelling with, you know, when you're in a hotel room or whatever, and there's never quite enough, I don't know, leads to get from your charger to your phone yes. to the bedside. No problem oh, Extension so cables, yeah. <laughs> oh, we love them. It's a whole other podcast in itself. All right, right. Why mm-hmm. Remu? Lovely to re-meet you. And it's lovely that the uh, listeners are getting to know you there as well. You, you, you get people out there, they're getting a good measure of who you are and where you come from and your love of extension <laughs> cables. All right, let's jump into the show. <laughs> so happy to be here. And coming up today... Making money out of your data. Yes, a couple of shows ago, you might remember this, we were talking about data unions. In fact, uh, if you haven't heard that bit already, then just go back through our episodes to hear that. And uh, also today then, kind of joined onto that, is how a purchasing app could make you a bit of passive income too. Not only that, but we're launching... um, Oh, I'm trying not to give too much away here. Let's just call it 
a thing, right? We're launching this thing. And why are we doing that? Because you, dear listener, asked for it. That's all coming up right here on the Somewhere on Earth podcast. All right, now first, the app across Africa and potentially South Asia where you can make some money as you shop. In return for sharing some of your purchasing data, you get some cash back. And the people you're purchasing from get localised insights into the markets into which they're selling. So I guess that means that the retailers, the suppliers, they can better target um, communities. And it might sound like cynical marketing, but on the other hand, we presumably quite like it if the stuff that's available to us in the marketplace is stuff that's based on the kind of things that we like and that we're into. I wonder if this really is a case of win-win then for everyone. Uh, Wairimu, you've been looking into all this and just set the scene for us if you will about purchasing patterns in Africa so tell us more. 70% of Africans essentially buy goods through um, informal uh, retail establishments by what do I mean by that I mean like corner shops and kiosks and most of the um, transactions are cash this means that it's very very difficult um, to track like marketing trends for particularly companies who want that kind of insight. And that's why you have apps like Roazi coming in. Um, and Roazi is an app um, that you can, you, well, it's a platform that has an app component, a mobile app component, and also the website part of it. So what happens is that um, it relies on local consumers. It calls those local consumers mappers. So it gets them on board. Anybody can get on board, uh, regardless of where they are in Africa. Um, And what happens is that they use the app to record their own purchases and household consumption consumption, um, in different places. So Wazi gets that data and uses that data um, to give its customers, the companies that have subscribed to Ruazi, uh, valuable insights into their consumer trends and behaviours. So it's it's really, really um, an interesting uh, platform. Right, so mappers, that's the term then. So these are consumers, but also who are part of the whole Ruazi income system, feeding their purchasing data back into the system to create better insights. So just give us a sense of how many of these mappers there are, because in order to get anything that's statistically useful for the marketeers, they're going to need quite a few, aren't they? Yes, they they have like 50,000 qualified mappers who are in like 40 plus countries in Africa and South Asia collecting data for them. And they're collecting data in the most rural places. And what's interesting is that these mappers are usually young people, and you know that there's a very, very big problem with youth employment. So um, in a very big sense, uh, Ruazi is um, filling in that gap because we know, like, for example, um, according to the International Labour Organization, ILO, um, about 72 million young Africans are unemployed um, they don't have jobs or they're not in any form of education or training. That means that one in every four young people in Africa uh, are unemployed. So you can see, and, and of course, we here in Africa, we have a very rapidly growing population. So having these sorts of work opportunities um, is very, very significant. Um, and, also, and also it gives the young people an opportunity uh, to be able to use their skills, their digital skills. Um, before then in Africa, it was, very, it was very, very difficult to have a mobile phone, 
um, with just like very basic uh, features. Um, now, uh, many people have uh, relatively basic smartphones that they can use to do this kind of work. Um, so also the instrument, the tool that is being used to provide uh, work for these young people is also something very accessible to them. So how is that shaping the way that uh, companies sell and market their goods to consumers? So what um, Ruazi is doing is very, very disruptive in the sense that um, it's um, using this, uh, it's getting information that is very relevant and specific to different regions and areas um, in, the, in, 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 uh, in sub-Saharan Africa and also parts of uh, South Asia. So this kind of uh, innovation that Ruazi has is very disruptive uh, because it provides the companies with very specific information about specific areas that they want to market their goods, where they want to sell their goods. Um, and therefore, you do not get, um, let's say, packaging or pricing um, that, for example, is based in the U.S. and yet you're selling products in sub-Saharan Africa. So um, this kind of um, data um, makes these companies much more competitive. And let's just drill down a little bit more into what the companies do with this data. So we know they're gathering it, but uh, tell me in a bit more detail what they do with the data, how they process it. Yeah, in fact, Gareth, people are saying job tech is becoming a thing. Why is it becoming a thing? Because now there are very many uh, digital platforms um, that are providing, are connecting people to work opportunities and building livelihoods. So think about gig matching platforms, think about e-commerce platforms and more. So Ruazi is a job tech platform because it is providing um, an opportunity for people to be able to get jobs, the young people. And what I wanted to say also is that Ruazi is a portfolio company of an alliance called Job Tech Alliance. And the aim of the alliance is exactly that. Um, to offer to 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 offer a funding and technical support to African startups in the job tech space like Ruazi, so that they can be able to do what they do, provide jobs in these digital platforms. All right then, dear listener, let's talk about you now. Now we're leading up to this, like this, this thing. I, I, I don't quite know how to trade ahead to it without saying too much. So stand by for the the thing that you've asked for. You wanted it, so we're doing it. But to lead into that, and um, uh, rather more seriously, I do want to return to the topic of genealogy that was uh, up for discussion last week, um, because this was, as you might remember, we were talking about. Iceland's genealogy app and um, all about the, I mean, there was a fun side to the story as well, all about how people in Iceland like to see how related they are to the singer Björk. But then that also led into a whole other chat about um, our genetics, about um, taking cheek swabs and adding ourselves to genetic databases, all that kind of stuff. Now, it's interesting when you do a story and to us, it can sometimes seem interesting and relevant, but, you know, it's a story as part of the running order and we move on. And then to get a message from a listener who is very touched by this story and affected by it, so much so that uh, they got in touch, they left me a voice note, but they have asked to remain anonymous. Uh, so we're not going to identify the listener, but uh, I think you'll be really interested in what they had to say. Um, now, they quite recently found out that they had 
uh, a family member, a relative that they'd not previously known about. And um, what had happened is that this previously unknown family member had gone to one of these test yourself genetic tests, you know, where you do the cheek swab and post it off. And um, then, of course, that gave them a whole load of results back. And it then said, this service, it linked them up genetically with other people who'd also put in their cheek swabs and were therefore on the database. So other people that um, this person was biologically related to. And so then the next step is that um, these uh, people and this um, this previously unknown relative, of course, found that they were related to people who turned out to be relatives of this listener that I'm talking about. So I know it's a bit of a chain of events, but hopefully you're following it. So we have a listener, somebody completely unknown to them, finds out through one of these genetic databases that they are some kind of relative. And then through other people along the chain who are also related, then eventually found their way back to this listener. And a big important point here, well, one of many big important points, is that the listener themselves had never been on one of these databases. They'd never done the cheek swab. They'd never wanted to. They actively didn't want to do anything like this. And yet they still had this complete stranger who just came out of nowhere saying, I'm related to you. And to say, you know, to put it mildly, that would be a bit of a freak out for any of us, wouldn't it? So really what the listener wants us all to think about is just that the consequence of that, that any of us could be, you know, maybe getting one of these kits for Christmas. And it's kind of fun. We open it up and we swab our cheek and we post it off and we just wonder who we're related to. And maybe it's somebody famous, maybe it's somebody rich, uh, or whatever. But at the end of it can be somebody who wasn't expecting to have that information, hadn't had any way of psychologically preparing themselves for it, and then is offered no counselling by this cheek swab service, they're kind of left to get on with it and to come to terms with this whole situation. And what if they never wanted to know about this relative? What if they meet up with the relative and they don't like them very much? What if some very difficult things about their family history emerge from that that they were not aware of and didn't want to know. So that's what the listener is raising. And I'm very grateful them to very grateful to them for opening up to me and being prepared for their story to be shared, um, albeit anonymously, on this podcast. But it's certainly given me a lot to think about, and I'm sure it has you as well. Okay, now on that, we are going to move on to another listener message. This one is not anonymous, in fact, quite the contrary. And it's somebody who's left us a lovely voice note. Here goes. Good afternoon, uh, the Global Tech Podcast. I thought I'd try and do one of these uh, audio messages. Uh, just wanted to say the name Stefano Ghazali. Uh, um, I'm a listener that came across from the Gareth and Bill um, podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks for doing such a fantastic job. I really enjoy the content. Um and the production is fantastic and uh, really interested in anything AI, less resource languages, uh, data and safety ethics within AI. Um, so just please keep the podcasts coming and I'll try and share everywhere. Thank you ever so much for your time. 
Thank you very much for your voice memo there. That's uh, Stefano. Excellent. I, and um, I'd say it's not just me enjoying it here. Producer Anya is right here with us. Nice to hear from Stefano. He's got a nice voice, hasn't he? A lovely voice. Yeah. But then, of course, as I said last week, everyone... Was it no the other week when I rambled on too much? Everyone's got a lovely voice, but Stefano, oh, sounding great there. Thank you. Uh, so if you would like to join the growing trend, as in <laughs> two people so far who've left, <laughs> left us um, voice notes, then please do. Come on, we're on WhatsApp. It'll be a good laugh. Please um, come on over. Or, or, you know, if you want to say something serious as well, it's um, code 44 44-7486-329-484. Um, 7486-329-484. So you may ask, dear listener, why is producer Anya here on this side of the glass keeping an eye on me? That is because we are bringing in something that you have asked for. You have said, dear somewhere on earth, in fact, you didn't write it in a letter like that, but you have said, dear somewhere on earth, please, can you do listener numbers? Can we have the opportunity as your loyal listeners to suggest a number that matters to us so that we can be registered in your pretend, fun, non creepy GDPR compliant <laughs> database um, as having your own listener number. So we have facilitated that, uh, more to the point Anya has, and so we've set up the Somewhere on Earth podcast subscriber unique distinguisher selection. Yes, that's right. It's S-O-E-P, that's us, SOAP, S-U-D-S, SUDS. Oh, see what that, was that your idea, Anya? Stay with us. We'll be right back. AI is changing the game of business. Will you be on the winning team? I'm Jordan Wilson, the host of the Everyday AI podcast and your coach to help you learn the X's and O's of AI. Artificial intelligence isn't just a new player in the game, it's a new sport altogether. So if you don't quickly put AI into play, your competitors will run up the score. I've spent my whole life building winning teams from coaching basketball to working with big players like Nike and Jordan brand. My next move Helping you win with Everyday AI. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or on everydayaipodcast.com. Let's tap into AI together and put points on the board. It was my husband's. <laughs> we tried lots of combinations. Couldn't get soap box or soap dish to work. Soap suds did. And, you know, we are in this brand new world, this brave new world of podcasting. So we have got to consider people as subscribers and followers, hence the S was very important. So sub, soap suds it is. Right, there we are. So the Summer on Earth podcast subscriber unique distinguisher selection. Now, if you're not aware of all this listener number business, folks, and do do stay with us on this because we think you're going to get rather into it. You know, it is your chance, I, I suppose, to just have a sense of belonging to this podcast, to think that, you know, as, as we grow and grow, you know, there could be loads of these listener numbers and for you to be somewhere at the top of that um, spreadsheet that I'll share with you all saying, yeah, they gave me this number, that's special to me, then we think it's rather nice. But to give you an idea of how this is going to happen, we do think, well, especially you, Anya, you think... That this needs to be done properly, don't you? Because you're a typical producer. It does. We need to have some kind of rules. We need to have a procedure in place. Um, You know, we're working on the constitution and we will get there. But at the moment, we have an allocation process that I will be posting so people can uh, read it. So number one, you pick your subscriber unique distinguisher number. You then post your soap sub... Let me say it again. You post your soap sud number and reason why you have chosen that 
number because we want to know why it's special to you. On either the SOAP Facebook group or the Twitter feed, you can email us at hello at somewhereonearth.co as well. So you have to join the group or follow us on Twitter or email us, please. So, so it can't just be stopping me on, you know, like in the pub or something. Well, you they, have to go through you have to, No, you, you, have to, you have to go through the official <laughs> process. We will not take applications oh, any other way. And can I add, uh, like, clause 2B to this? Of course, yeah. Hang on, no, let me, let me okay. get my pen. Let me get my pen. Yeah, this, write that down. Yeah, yeah, that, I am doing. Um, we do give small, but a bit of preference to people who left voice memos. With their listener number, can we? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely, okay. absolutely. Sorry, yep, didn't yep, mean yeah, yeah. Interrupt. Yeah, yeah. Voice. Carry on. Voice How many memo. more of these very important just, just allocation be patient. process just things be, are there? Have just we done be patient. Them? We're getting there. We're getting there. So your application is then put forward to the Soap Suds Committee, the Somewhere on Earth Podcast Subscriber Unique Distinguisher Selection Committee, which will convene during the recording of the podcast. The members of said committee will consist of the presenter, that's you, Gareth, the studio expert, Wei Rimu, hope you're still there in Nairobi and you're still with us and haven't thought we're completely mad. Um, any live guests um, who happen to be on the show, and if there are no live guests, then a member of the soap production team. So me or production manager Liz or maybe Callum, who's uh, recording everything at the moment. So someone else will come in to make sure that this committee convenes fairly and there's a proper discussion about the numbers. And once the soap sud number has been allocated, it will be entered into the soap suds database. This will be GDPR compliant and compliant with your local uh, data laws as well. We may need to ask you about your particular country's data laws, so we might be in touch, making sure that uh, you know we are complying to the rules. If you do not agree with the decision of the committee, then you can appeal according to the soap suds appeal process which I'm still working on. Okay, so we'll make that as we go along, possibly. All right. You're okay. not taking this seriously, are you, Gareth? You really aren't. <laughs> no, it's very serious, Anya. It's just when you do your serious voice, I always feel as if I'm in trouble. Uh, so, okay, so you've mildly freaked me out there with your um, scary, I'm the producer, this is how it gets done round here kind of uh, thing. Now, um, we do already have a few requests. Can we just bang through a few? We can't get through all of them in the time okay, that well, you said we had available. Oh, so. okay, but yeah, okay, sorry. We uh, Can we have way removed? in as well we're the soap suds committee okay right so good you're on our committee um so uh listener paul perman says when do i get my new updated listener number well paul you've heard the rules there Uh, you don't get anything new or updated automatically just go through the process and we'll consider you so i've made a note to look out for you um gary mortimer asks how much does the number 42 cost that's going to be popular because i think there are douglas adams fans out there there are quite a few Um, so that's um although of course in gary's case this is actually Actually, based on propeller size, it's an important dimension to do with propellers because he's a bit of an av geek. Uh, so you, you know, he's claiming that it's not really um, hitchhikers related. Well, it probably is. Um, so he's, I don't think he's formally requesting it there. So do we grant Gary the listener number forty-two because he's raised it? He's kind of hinted strongly he'd like it, and he's offering to pay for it. Or do we just make him? Apply Are properly? you suggesting that the committee can be bribed, Gareth? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Wait, Rima, are you up for that? Of the business. Can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> These mics don't pay for themselves, you know. I thought we were following a procedure. I think that's a yes from Wei Rimu. All right. She can um, stop laughing. We can, can be bribed. Um, but yeah, honestly, not really, folks. We're, we're not corrupt. I think just for free and in a very unbribed way. Should we just give Gary 42? Yes, please yes. do. Is that all right, uh, Wei Rimu, as well with please, you? Please, please, please. 
<laughs> okay. Um, thank you. Um, Floyd Kennedy says, yes, please to list numbers. I started listening before the whole numbers thing was a thing. That's how odd I am, says Floyd. Um, so I'd be over the moon to have a number at last. So Floyd, just bang us in an application using the above procedure and you will be considered by the next committee. Um then we have Anura Samara. Um, he says, I've asked for number 289. It was my ticket number when I went to a live show of Digital Planet, which was uh, the team here. We are the former Digital Planet team. Um, we had a whole load of live shows. Anura came to one. He said it was uh, my ticket number for that live show. It was in March 2015. Um, the ticket was signed by Gareth and Bill. Uh, so uh, one of the co-hosts on that show. Um, very long-running co-host as well, Bill. And uh, also co-host of the Gareth and Bill podcast, if I can do a little plug there. Anura says, Anya's um, <laughs> given me such a dirty look. <laughs> anyway, he wants 289. He says, sadly, the ticket number uh, is just something I've remembered because I the actual ticket has gone missing at, in a house move. But Anura does have photographic evidence if we need it. Oh, can we have it, please? Can can you post that, please, on post Facebook? That, yeah. So let's just hold two eight nine for Anura, and then. But we do need photographic. Can evidence. I ask Way Re- Remo? Do you have a listener number that you might like? Yes, I'd like uh, number twenty one, but my reasons are not as convincing as the others. It's, it's, it's just the first time. Uh, I, I did my first story, uh, my first social impact story. So it has oh, great memories. Okay. In 2021? Sorry. No, yeah, no, yeah, I was 21. And it was very interesting. Oh, you were, th- that was your age? She was She was 21 in 2021. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's okay. right, isn't it, Wei Rimi? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, sure. you know, we're of a similar age. Thank you, Anya. Giving, yeah. giving yes. away <laughs> your youthful age there. Right. Well, that's confused me. But yeah, let's have this number 21. I assume, <laughs> I mean, Wei Rimi, do you vote for yourself and your own suggestion there? Yes, very much, very much so. Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> that sailed through the committee. Thank you. Um and this is the whole point of being part of the selection committee. Oh, folks, I told you this would be fun. Um, and let's have just a last one here. Gowrie Abhiram, for now, um, says, here on this group, um, it would be very nice to be allotted my joining number, but I'm not sure what it is. Um, now, Gary wrote this a while ago when there was only a small number of people on our Facebook group. So Gary says there are only 10 members who have joined, um, and that was on Thursday, the 26th of October, 2023. By then, there were only 10 members. Um, to be among the top 10 would be nice I have a radical suggestion on this actually Anya and Wei Rimu mm-hmm. can we uh-huh. give Gowrie the number one well seeing that she was the first person to leave us a ah. whatsapp message yeah. I think that's a great idea okay. who deserves it that's what an honour yes. wow I mean, it's almost like we've risen to such heights. How do we even follow that? But we will, dear listener, with your help. So, good. So I've written down um, one for Gallery there. We'll put that on the database, which we will share with you. This is all very transparent here. And we'll do a few more listener numbers when, whenever we get round to it, if we remember. So um, there you are. You know, to, do keep them coming in. And it could be a, a number that means something to you. You know, even like a really heartwarming thing. Maybe you want the number 1970-something because that was the year that your first child was born. It could 
could be anything like that. Just uh, let us know. There you go. Um, at this stage, is that quite enough for now already? Because you might want us to wrap so. up. I think so. I think we need to, yeah. Yeah, good. I do what I'm told. So there we are. Let's just do the credits for you folks. Uh, so we have had sound production today from Callum Swingler and uh, also John over there. And uh, thank you very much to you guys for making it sound lovely. Our John Cronin, I should say. And uh, thanks to production manager Liz Tui, our editor, as you should know by now, is She's been on the show there. And uh, I always just can't be bothered to give my name, but let's, as it's Christmas, I'm Gareth Mitchell, as if anybody really cares. And there we are. That'll do, won't it? Can you say thank you to Wairimu too? All the way in Nairobi. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, Wairimu, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And honestly, it was a heartfelt thanks. It wasn't just because Anya told me to. It's been absolutely lovely working with you again. Can't wait until the next time. I believe um, you. I believe you. <laughs> no, seriously, it is heartfelt. And because you're going to be on our New Year special as well, aren't you? In just a, a couple of weeks. Yeah, looking forward. So, oh, already can't wait for that. Good. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, and see you next time. Bye bye. 